this morning and those who are joining us online on this day, which is November 1st, and on the church calendar, it is All Saints Day. Our call to worship comes from the book of Revelation. It says, After this I looked, and there was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the Lamb, robed in white with palm branches in their hands, they cried out in a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who is seated on the throne, and to the Lamb. Be glory forever and ever. Let us pray. Eternal God, in every age, you have raised up men and women to live and die in faith. We confess that we are indifferent sometimes to your will. You call us to proclaim your name. We remain silent. You call us to do what is just, and we remain idle. You call us to live faithfully, but we are afraid. In your mercy, forgive us, O Lord. Give us courage to follow in your ways and join us with those from ages past who have served you with faith and hope and love that we may inherit the kingdom you promised to your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. It is in his name we pray this day. Amen. Amen. Open the hymn book, and as you are able, let us stand and sing hymn number 642. God of our fathers, 642. Apostles' Creed. You'll find the creed printed there in your bulletin. 
believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he arose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us greet one another this morning by the great offering of peace. for that this coming week, uh, like we have been doing, uh, we will have the, the individual cups with the juice and the wafer in the cups, and those will be used during the communion part of the service. This coming Tuesday, of course, is the national elections, and we are a double precinct polling station here for Germantown at Faith Presbyterian Church. Uh, men's Bible study will not meet that morning simply because uh, it's just going to be hectic here on Tuesday morning. And so uh, men will meet again beginning uh, the 9th, uh, no, the 10th, is that right? The 10th of uh, the month of November. <coughs> Women's Thursday morning Bible study will resume this Thursday at 10.30 a.m. Now, we're getting closer now to the conclusion of Operation Christmas Child, the Samaritan's Purse Christmas boxes. From all I can ascertain, nobody's taking the box, which is okay, because you've all written checks, and I'm very pleased that you took a box. Well, Marcia, you're the only one that can take a box. Congratulations. So, fulfill it and bring it back. Uh, if if you would like to uh, have Samaritan's First, fill the box with everything that's needed, including the curriculum, teaching these children about Jesus Christ, and the shipping. You can do so for $31 a child, and just make a check out to the church with the memo saying Christmas child box, or Samaritan's Purse, or Christmas box, or whatever suits your fancy there, and we'll get it taken care of. So, again, thank you for all that have contributed. Yeah, they do. Because we have them, but not we bought the plastic boxes. You bought the plastic boxes. Yeah. Georgiana, do you win um, Christmas boxes? November. Hold on, sorry. Let me get on down here. Fifteen. Okay. Just yeah, the fifth Sunday, the fifteenth, because they it turned in that. Okay. There we go. So uh, a couple of other things in that. Uh, just. Uh, uh, a reminder that we're now here, as Lynn decorated this morning on the communion table, we are in the month of November, Thanksgiving, and will be coming up, as well as stewardship season coming up. The first Sunday of Advent is the last Sunday of the month of November. So there are five Sundays in this month, this being the first, and on the 29th, We'll begin the Advent season, and of course, Christmas will be right around the corner. Okay, very good. Now, 
this morning, our first scripture lesson is found in the Gospel of Luke, in the 21st chapter. You'll find that on page 745 in the Bible, reading verses 10 through 11 and 34 through 36. Now, I have to tell you, I have to tell you that this is the passage from Luke that is uh, entitled Signs of the End Signs of the End of the Age. Now, uh, when we read some of this, you will think that maybe we are at the end of the age. But beginning at verse 10, chapter 21, verses 10 and 11, and then verses 34 through 36. Jesus says, Then he said to them, Nations will rise against nations, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be great earthquakes, famines, pestilence in various places, fearful events, great signs from heaven. And then in verse 34, Be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down with dispensation, drunkenness, the anxieties of life, and the day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap, for it will come upon all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen, that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. Well, may Jesus, well, Jesus said these words, may God bless them to our hearing this morning. Our bulletin says we have a quintet, but actually we have a trio. Because one of our members was unable to be here this morning. But the men will be singing how deep the Father's love for us. Oh, my God. 
And what we do will help the generations that come after us. This is why it is important to remember these things. This year in our own congregation, we have lost many folks who have labored most of their lives to be faithful Christians for the Lord. It is such a time as this that it is right to remember and to give thanks to those who have been faithful down through the years, down through the decades. So, as we go to God in prayer today, I ask that uh, in the few moments of silent time at the beginning of the prayer, that you remember those saints of old who so helped you in your life become perhaps a better Christian person, to become a Christian person, to who raised you up in the faith, to remember those and to give thanks to God for them. Let us pray. Eternal God, you who know the ages and have seen all that has passed before time, we come to you this morning and we pray and we give our thanks and praise because you are the Lord, our God, the creator, the ruler of the universe. We praise you, O Lord, for your saints for your martyrs, for all those who have labored and who have worked in the faith, who have raised children and grandchildren, who have taught Sunday school and Bible studies, who have preached the word, who have governed the people, all those who each and every Sunday are faithful, all those who call upon your name and all those who trust and have their faith in your son Jesus Christ gracious God we pray and give you thanks for the faithful in every age who have followed your son who have witnessed to his resurrection from every race and tongue from every people and nation you have gathered them into your kingdom you have shown them the path of life, O oh Lord, and filled them with the joy of your presence. How glorious is your heavenly realm, where the multitudes of your saints rejoice with Christ. Therefore, O oh Lord, we praise you this day, joining our voices with angels and archangels, with the prophets and the apostles and the martyrs, with all the faithful of every time and place, who forever sing to your glory and to your praise. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. You are holy, O God of majesty, and blessed is Jesus Christ, your Son and our Lord, Sent to be our Savior, he took our flesh and dwelt among us. Full of grace and truth, his words are true, his touch brings healing. To all who follow him, he gives abundant life. When evil sought to destroy him, and he lay in the darkness of death, you raised him from the grave forever. Almighty God, we thank you and praise you. And today we join with all those who have come before us, who now are in your presence, to give you thanks and to praise the name of the Lord. Hear these our prayers this day, for we make them in Jesus' name. And now together we add the prayer that our Lord taught us. And we say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, 
Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen and amen. <coughs> scripture reading this morning is found in the book of Psalms, turning to Psalm 46. You'll find it on page 403 there in your few Bibles. The psalmist writes, God is our refuge and strength an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her, she will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still, and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. May God again bless the reading and hearing of his word to us this morning. This from the 46th Psalm. Well, this past month of October, now this first Sunday of the month of November, I am concluding this series of sermons entitled Harvest Home Sermons. We've dealt with quite a few subjects over this, of family, of generations, of the harvest, of other issues that are relatable to this time of year. And today, in particular, I am dealing with the subject of faith, politics, and the sovereignty of God. We live in a particular time that calls for us to be particularly faithful. We need to be very faithful in the things that we do, especially in regard to the practicing of the faith. Now, this takes many different forms. Certainly, it includes the worship of God, as we do here on Sunday mornings, as we do across the airways, as we try to encourage folks midweek uh, on Wednesday night at the devotionals to practice the faith. But it takes more than that. It takes it within the family. It takes it within the groupings of folks to be mindful and to be faithful during a particularly trying time. Trying because, yes, of the pandemic, trying because of a very contentious political season, trying because the economy still remains somewhat askew because of the pandemic, because the world just seems to be out of balance because those poor people in Louisiana had five hurricanes. We need to be very mindful of being faithful, of practicing the faith, of doing the good things that God has called us to do, of representing to others the Lord Jesus Christ. We 
need to always be especially mindful of that in difficult times. And it's not always easy. In difficult times, we often are very inwardly focused. In difficult times, we are often concerned about the things that really concern us particularly because of our makeup, of who we are and what we're like. But it is in the difficult times that faith is required so that others can see examples very important. It's very, very important. So, this takes place. It takes place at the family level. It takes place if you are at work or you are at work online. It still takes place. Are you being a faithful person, a faithful follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? Now, I am amazed people are experiencing different things. Online, there are all sorts of Zoom meetings. There are all sorts of other type of meetings that are using online resources. And I'm very curious, especially in the work-related ones and in the school-related ones, you know, how are you being faithful in those? How are you being a faithful Christian during those times of virtual meetings and realities. Are you? Are you just ignoring your faith at this point in time? What are you doing that makes a difference there? Now, certainly there are many things that put constrictions upon you. Yes, I understand that. But that does not keep you from living out the faith or acting out the faith online or in person if you are doing that. You know, one of the things that I've noticed is that when I go through the checkout line at Kroger, be it the Kroger here at Houston Levy, the Kroger at Tigerville, the Kroger in Olive Branch, I like to go to all the Kroger. <laughs> they always, the cashiers are very courteous, they're masked, they're screened, they ask me how I'm doing, and of course they're trained to do that. And then I say, I'm fine, pretty well. How are you doing? I reciprocate, and they say, good. And almost inevitably, at the end, most all of them now say, you know, God bless you after I check out. Now, this is different than it was before the pandemic. And I look at them and thank them for God's blessing. God bless you, too. It is something that people are finding ways to be faithful and to express the faith in maybe the simplest terms. Also, are you asking people if you can pray for them? Is, is there something that they need to be praying about? Let me tell you, there's a lot that could be prayed about. Are you engaging? Our circles are not quite as big as they were, but they're there. And we need to engage in the faith. We need to do that. People need encouragement. People need hope. Last Wednesday night in my devotional entitled Hope in Times of Distress, uh, it was one of the most recently, the most viewed of my devotionals. It's amazing. People want to hear about hope. Why? Because there's a lot of hopelessness and sense of hopelessness that is out there right now. People need to hear that. People need to hear other things. So we must continue to actively practice the faith not to draw in, not to go down into the bunkers, not to close the doors to the rest of the world, but we must find ways to express and practice the faith and encourage others in Jesus Christ. It's an absolute imperative on our part. 
Now, politics. Politics. My daughter Whitney and, and her family, her husband Brad and our two grandchildren came by yesterday morning from Nashville to visit with us and to go trick-or-treating with with Callie and Brody and Mark last night. And so we got to be a little bit together and my daughter was pressing me on politics yesterday. She doesn't have a high opinion of either candidates. I said, politics, politics isn't about nice. Politics is about getting things done by what you perceive to be your ideal. Politics is about power, and you want to be in power, because when you're in power, you can get things done, and you'll do whatever necessary to get in power. Politics does not represent the church, but the church is often involved in politics. And for those who say the church should never be in politics, then you haven't read the Westminster Confession of Faith, and you haven't read the New Testament or the Old Testament. But that's separate Bible lessons. Separate Bible lessons. We live because of the nature of our time where you can buy as much TV time, as much media time, as much internet time, and do some things where the messages are old and sometimes frustrating, and there's always new ways of making somebody out to be so bad on either side. I was reading in the Daily Memphian this morning that even here in Germantown, where we're supposed to have nonpartisan elections for aldermen and positions that it's very partisan according to the daily Memphian. I'll take that with a grain of salt. But understand that is, but let me tell you something here. Because we live in a constitutional republic, because we live in a land in which politics is important. It is important for us to be able to plow through all of that, to be an informed citizenry, and to exercise our rights as that citizenry to vote for candidates we deem that will best represent us and the United States of America at all of its levels. Now, we're a big country. We have greatly different views. And it remains to be seen if our nation can hold itself together over the course of time. No nation ever has. But we must recognize that. We must understand that. <coughs> There is value in being a citizen. Now, it seems to me that after Tuesday, there are going to be a great many people who are joyous, and there's going to be a great many people who are upset. <clears throat> but there is something more that is required, especially of a Christian citizen, is that the process has been done. Do we agree with it or not? When I was in the Navy all those years before retirement, we'd get different commander-in-chiefs elected. I wasn't always fond of some of those commander-in-chiefs, but I had taken an oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States, to obey the lawful orders of the president who was the commander-in-chief whoever that was, and I upheld that, I took that, even if I had not voted for that particular person, because that's what you did as a member of the armed forces, as a citizen of the United States. That is important. 
But remembering that politics is very local and politics is very short time. I am sure that after Tuesday, those planning to run in the year 2023, 2024, 2024, getting my days and years mixed up, will already have decided they're going to be running. Again, the nature of politics. But what I am saying there is we need to be good citizens of the United States. We need to take part in whatever political part we identify with. But we also need to remember, as I said earlier in a devotional this month, we need to always be looking at who will best protect the faith, the church, the practice of Christianity. That always should be a consideration for whom we vote. The faith, politics, and now the sovereignty of God. When Pharaoh was being confronted by Moses, saying, let my people go so that we can go and worship our God. Pharaoh not having anything to do with it. And after ten plagues, the last one being the worst, with the killing of the firstborn of Egypt, Pharaoh saying, just leave. We are reminded, just by the story of the Exodus, that the powers and the kingdoms of this world are very transitional. Kingdoms, as the psalmist says, kingdoms come, kingdoms go, nations rage. God is still sovereign over all creation. We Presbyterians particularly believe that God has appointed a purpose for everything that happens. Even in politics. Eric Miller in a post rightly stated that God does all things it may be for our good or it may be for our chastisement. But God remains sovereign over his world. There are some in the Christian faith that do not believe that God is sovereign over all things. I don't understand how they can come up with that if they read their Bible. There are some who believe that. But for us, as Presbyterians in the Reformed tradition, we believe that God is sovereign over all of his creation, not just from the beginning when he created it all, but until the very end when it all comes to a conclusion God remains sovereign over everything in his creation. Twenty years from now, our children and grandchildren probably won't think much of this time, other than, oh, the virus. Oh, yeah, there was an election. I was talking about 68 being a bad year. My parents called me. I talked to them Friday. And they said, you said in your devotion the other night, 68 was such a bad year and that this year was starting to get up. We don't remember 68 being bad. And I'm sitting there going, oh my, they've gotten memory loss. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, we assassinated Martin Luther King. We shot and assassinated Robert Kennedy, who was running for president. We shot and paralyzed George Wallace, who was running for president. There were riots in all the major cities of the United States. There was the height of the Vietnam War. There was protests everywhere. The country was literally coming apart. The hippie generation was coming into its own. Uh, the use of hallucinogenic drugs was widespread. And I can remember specifically my daddy saying at the base they were training the personnel on the base to use riot gear. And 
he was not looking forward to having these riots here in the streets of Chicago because we were based north of Chicago. It was a bad year. It was a bad, tough year. And yet, we came through. By our own choice? No, probably much more so by the grace of God. So folks, as we wrap up this time of the Harvest Home Service, I just want you to be assured that the practice of the faith is very important, that politics come and go, but God is sovereign from the beginning to the end. And if we are found in God, in the Lord Jesus Christ, we have nothing to be overtly worried about. We have nothing be afraid of because we belong to God. And if we belong to God, nothing can separate us. Paul makes that so clear there at the end of Romans 8. When he asked that rhetorical question, what can separate us? And when he's done, separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Be strong. Be faithful. Continue to thank the congregation for your offering. The offering plate is in the back if you care to make one this morning. Uh, and for those of you who constantly and regularly give online, thank you so very much. Let us pray. Well, gracious God, we give you thanks this day. We give you thanks that we have and are coming through the end of the harvest season. We give you thanks that we have the ability to be practicing the faith in so many different ways. We give you thanks that we are coming to the end of this election cycle, and we pray for our nation, Lord, and we pray for whom will be elected to the many different offices. Lord, guide us. Lord, be with us. Lord, help those who will be elected. Gracious God, we thank you this day that you do not leave us alone or abandon us, even in times of grief, in the days of mourning and of death, in days of sickness. We give you thanks that there you are, a means of grace, a source of strength and peace. We give you thanks for these things, and we offer these thanksgivings in Jesus' name. Amen. As you are able, let us stand and open the hymn book to 115. God grace and God glory for the 115.